and goals. Um, I'm used to saying guys when I teach at the boys' school. So, girls and guys. Uh, yeah, it's, I've, just this week as I've been preparing, I just again realized, you know, like the gospel, the good news of Jesus. It's obviously good news for, for, for unsaved people, people who, who don't know God. But it's, it's good news for us as well. It's, it's good news for guys that's, that's walked with God for 40 years as, as well. The gospel, you know, it stays good news to us that Jesus died for us. Um, you know, and just, just a week, I was just again, you know, just blown away that, you know, that God actually speaks to us and He uses us for His kingdom. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to uh, do this, just such a testimony of God's love. Sorry, here we go. Thank you, my wifey. Uh, just a testimony of, um, yeah, of um, just God's uh, faithfulness. So the title of my preach this morning, and I, it's difficult, like James was mocking me, because it is a bit of a catchphrase, like title, I feel, but I didn't really want it to be a catchphrase, but I do want people to remember what I'm talking about. So I, I've called it the cycle of God. Um, so hopefully in the coming weeks, if we talk about the cycle of God, you'll remember what I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. I mean, that was planned, yeah. <laughs> okay, August cycle, anyway, the cycle of God. Um, and I really just, I'm trusting that, that as I, I preach, that we'll be able to identify areas that God is working in, in, in our lives, and through that, it will bring us into a, 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 a deeper and more mature walk with, with God as He leads and as He um, guides us. So the cycle of God is, I, I want to speak about four areas which I believe that God speaks to us and that we walk through in, in, in our lives. And these are not stages. So it's not, you know, like stage one and then you go to stage two. So you have to complete stage one and then you go to stage two. It's, it's not like that. It's areas that we walk through as we, we um, walk with God. Um, and... Um, they are, and I had to Google this because I'm Afrikaans, but it, they are, this, this, the cycle of God is cyclic in nature. I hope that's the right word. So we move from one to the next, and, and God uses the one, and then we go to the next, and we go to the next, and then we come back to the first one. And it doesn't matter if you're newly saved, it doesn't matter if you've been saved 40 years, we all go through these cycles. Um, so James, if you can point that picture. So that is, it's a bit, it's done slide. <laughs> uh, it's a bit blurry, but that is the cycle. So I'm going to speak about acceptance, sustenance, significance, and then achievement, and how we always go through all four as we walk with God. So the first one, acceptance. And this speaks about how, and this is the gospel, how we are accepted by God. Thank you, Helen. Just keep on reminding me. <laughs> um, how we are accepted by God, how we are loved by God. And that was something, like, as I've been preparing this week, that just again was so, not new to me, but the Holy Spirit just really revealed that to me again, that we are accepted, if you follow Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus, if you are in Christ, we are accepted and we are loved by God. And that is such a powerful and amazing thing. Um, and I didn't give you this uh, scripture, James, I, I just want to quickly read this. In, in Romans 3 verse 9, it speaks about how no one so... So, coming out of um, Romans 2, it, um, Paul speaks about Jews and uh, Gentiles and how actually the Jews are not better than the Gentiles and the Gentiles in God's sight are not better than the um, Jews. And then in uh, 3 verse 9, it says, What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. 
we have already made the choice that Jews and Gentiles are alike and are all under sin. And this is what I kind of want to focus on. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no one... There's no fear of God before their eyes. And that is our state before we accept Christ as our Savior. That is like there's no one, like we don't naturally see God. We don't naturally run after Him and look for Him. We are inherently sinful. So, you know, like there's this, this gospel in, in the world which says like we, we do sinful things, but we are actually good people, which is not true. We are, when it comes to God, we are inherently sinful and our hearts are in rebellion to, to God. And that is hectic, and that is something that we need to realize. Um, but then, and, and this is oh, James, I'm also to put this up, but then if you carry on reading Romans 3, we come to verse 21, and this is amazing. Um, so, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. And this is the verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He does this to demonstrate His justice because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed before Him to go unpunished. He did this to demonstrate his justice at this present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. If, if we can just go back to the... To, so let's just quickly run through this. So verse 22, this righteousness. So coming out of there's no one who, who seeks God, we're all in rebellion to God. This is now the, the, the gospel. This righteousness... And that righteousness means right standing with God. So to be able to stand right in a perfect relationship with God, that, that righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So if we believe in what Jesus has done for us, that he died for our sins, we inherit Jesus' righteousness. We become right standing with, with God. Like his righteousness becomes ours. And that's amazing. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God is holy. We are not. We are inherently sinful. Doesn't matter how good we are. Doesn't matter how good we think we are. Doesn't matter how much money you give to the poor. Doesn't matter if you help the elderly lady over the... It doesn't matter. We are inherently sinful. We always will fall short of God's glory because He is a holy and, and a pure God. Um, if you can go to this... Yeah. And we are justified. And then that justified means... We are declared by God not guilty but righteous in His sight. And that's amazing. We are justified before God um, freely. So we can't work for it. We can't earn it. We are freely justified by His grace, His unmerited favor through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So through the fact that Jesus has redeemed us, when you believe that what Jesus has done for us, He has redeemed us from sin, He's given us His righteousness. It becomes ours. We are declared before God not guilty, but righteous. That is amazing, guys. 
and that is why we can know it, and that is why, like, the first area is acceptance. Like, that is the place from, that is our position, that is the, the place from, from which we live. That we are accepted by God, that we are justified freely, that His righteousness, His right standing with God becomes ours. Um, yeah, that is absolutely amazing. And then, um, in Romans 4, it speaks about how, how Abraham walked with God, and his faith, not his works, was credited to him as righteousness because he had faith in God. So that's all we need. We need faith in, in, in God for him to, to declare us righteous. And then from um, chapter 5, if we can just quickly put chapter 5 up. Therefore, so because of what Jesus has done for us, because of, of his righteousness, and because he freely justifies us, therefore, we have been justified, again, declared righteous in his eyes, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. And that is something we normally, we quickly read over. But what does it actually mean to have peace with God? I mean, that's just, just think about it. That is amazing that we can have peace with an almighty God, the creator of the universe, but that he still wants to have a relationship with us, that we are still right in his eyes, and that we can still have peace with him. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was in Durban for AM, many years ago, um, and I had a friend there, and he said we were talking uh, about this peace with God, and he said he had the depression, and the day the Holy Spirit revealed this to him, that he has peace with God, like God took away his depression. So obviously there are many forms of depression, and you know, God works with all of us differently, but for him, he was depressed before he knew God, because he thought there was no way that he could ever have peace with God. But when the Holy Spirit revealed to him this, it took away his, his, his depression, that he has peace with God. Yeah, that is amazing. And I want to say, that is the um, good news, you know. But, yeah, sorry, I'm getting it on myself. So, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have access to God through faith, which is amazing as well. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Um, you can go to the... I actually want to focus from, from... No, 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 sorry. To verse 6, sorry. So then it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, some translations say when we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. So we weren't good people to start with. But like we are inherently ungodly and sinful. And, and Christ died for us. If you can go to verse 7. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. So he's saying, if there was any good in us, if we were good people at heart, it might have been easier for Jesus to die for us because we are good people. But then in verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is the good news. Like, if you're wondering if God loves you, read that. You were a sinner and Christ died for you. And that is God's love. And that is the good news. Make sense? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and this week, just again, like that thing hit me, you know, like um, I remember a, a few years ago, um, I, I watched this thing where Paul Washer, he's a, a very well-known guy, some like him, some don't, um, but he, he got invited to speak at a youth well, not a youth, like a Bible school type thing with students. Um, and the guy asked him, who organized with him, asked him, what are you going to you know, preach on? And he said, well, I think I'm going to preach the gospel. 
And the guy said, but everyone's saved. Like, this is a Bible like, college. Everyone here, like, follows the Lord and they're saved. And then Paul Washer said, the gospel is not only good news for sinners, right? It's good news for us as well. Like, that thing remains good news to all of us. And, and every now and again, God would bring us back to that. As we walk with Him, He would bring us back to that we are accepted by Him. We have peace with Him. His, his righteousness is ours. We are justified freely. And he um, died for us, which is um, yeah, which is the good news. Does that make sense? Okay, <laughs> so that's the first area. So James, if you can put that picture on again. Thanks. Second area is sustenance. And that speaks about how God sustains us. So we are accepted by Him. He loves us. We have peace with God. We have access to Him. And then God sustains us. Um, and part of God sustaining us is obviously sanctification. And, and there's a lot we can say. Um, Acts 17, 28. It says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. So there's a thing of God sustaining us. We live in Him. We move in Him. We have our being in, in Him. He's, he sustains us. But what I specifically felt God say this morning to us is I want to link sustenance or God sustaining us to discipleship. So he sustains us as we are his disciples, right? So as we walk with him, as he's our master, he sustains us. Um, and there's obviously different ways in which we get disciples. So obviously, hopefully, all of us, walk, we, we walk with God. So he sustains us on a daily basis. We read his word, we pray, he talks to us, he sustains us, he gives us courage and strength and grace to do whatever we need to do. So we are his disciples first and foremost. But then we also get, in a sense, we get discipled by Andrew Selly, right? So the guy that, that leaves Shoshin. When he speaks, he shapes our hearts, he shapes our, our thinking. He, as he, he runs after God, we, we, in a sense, run after Andrew. Um, so he disciples us as well. Even though he doesn't know us, he, he, he disciples us. And then obviously, Ross and the elders and your comm leaders, leaders shape us as well, they disciple us as well. In our comms, we disciple each other. And then obviously, one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes you'll have someone that, that walks with you as well, a friend or, or someone that holds you accountable. They also disciple you. So God uses all of himself and, and he uses people to, to, to disciple us, right? So, I mean, we all obviously want to hear from the Lord and hopefully he is speaking to us. But most of the time, I've, I've realized most of the time, God uses people to speak to us. So you'll be in a conversation with someone, you'll talk about something, and then that person would say something, and you would realize that's actually the truth. That's actually the answer that I've been looking for, or that's a revelation I've been, I've been hoping for. So it is a sense that God uses people to disciple us as well, but He's still our main sustainer, if I can call it that. Um, but something, kind of the main point of this is I want to say discipleship is not passive. So that is kind of what I want to eat home with, with uh, sustenance. So we can't be passive in our, our walk with God. We can't be passive in being discipled by other people. Like, if you feel that you are not being discipled, do something, you know? Like, I think, we, like, there's a lot of people who, they like to come to church, they sit at the back, listen to a priest, and they go home. They're not being discipled. So disciple is not a passive thing. It's actually an active thing. We need to want to be discipled, and we need to... Um, pursue being discipled. Firstly by God, and then by other people. Does that make sense? 
Um, yeah, so just quickly, I didn't give you this uh, scripture, James. I thought I'll just quickly read it. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So there is a measure of how we, as a body, we belong to this family, and there is a, a, a measure that we disciple each other, that we follow each other and we follow Ross and, and Jeff and Andrew and those people as they follow Christ. Um, so my encouragement is, Allow God to sustain you, walk with Him, read His Word, pray, worship, but also belong. Belong to this family. Be active in being discipled by other people. Um, but I just want to, yeah, I, I thought it's important just to, to, to clarify this. Like, we must realize that God is our, our chief shepherd. Um, and I think we should become better in asking, like, the first question we should ask ourselves is when you come together, is what did you read in the Word to, today? What did God tell you through His Word today? Or, or what did God tell you th- this, this morning or, or last night? Just to always point, like we disciple one another, but we always point each other back to, to um, Jesus. Like He should speak to people. They should read His Word. He should talk, talk through it. Um, yeah, I hope that does make sense. Does make sense. Okay. Thank you. Um, Something that I want to read, and yeah, I didn't give you this, James. I don't want to bombard people with scripture. Maybe that's not a good thing. But anyway, in John 10, verse 3. So this week I've been reading a book where this, this guy speaks about the church, and he, he speaks about John 10. So John, John 10 speaks about how God is our, our good shepherd, and he knows us and he calls us by, by name. So he's our main shepherd. He's the one. That, that should be discipling us, mainly, if that makes sense. And this God, this God, this guy, he's not God, he's a guy, um, he was quoting uh, John 10, 3, which says, um, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So he's speaking about Jesus calling his own sheep by name, so each one by name and he leads them out. And this guy was commenting on, on that scripture. Let's find out this weekly. Um, this guy was, was, was uh, commenting on that scripture and he says, When Jesus says that he knows his own, he means more than that he, sorry, he means more than that he has observed us and knows our habits and tendencies. He means that he knows us deeply. And I want to encourage you with this, like God knows you. And that's why he sustains you. He knows us deeply, relationally, and that he loves us. He knows our needs and desires, our afflictions and temptations, that we, what we can and cannot handle, and how to best bring us home. The knowledge that Jesus has of his people is a knowledge that has no beginning and extends into eternity. And that was such a powerful thing for me. You know, like, like God, God is our sustenance. He sustains us. And we can rest in the fact that He's able to sustain us because He knows us. He knows us deeply. He knows us by name. He calls us out. He knows us deeply and He still loves us. So your dark, your, your most deepest, darkest thought on a secret while you God knows that and He still loves you and He still wants to sustain you. So it, it's actually an encouragement that, that we should pursue God, that we should be active in letting God disciple us. He is our main or our, our chief shepherd. Cool.
And then the third, James, if you can hear that. You're doing well, eh? <laughs> and then that third area is significance. And this is something I really had to kind of like struggle through because I think a lot of the time, like we hear that it's not about us, it's about God. Like, um, like lay your life down, you know, pick up your cross daily and follow Him. Um, and which is all true, but it's only part of what God calls us to, to do, right? And it's only part of, of who we are. There's still an aspect of that we are significant to God. Like, we are, yeah, we, we are significant. In Jeremiah 1, verse 4 and 5, this is where, where God calls Jeremiah. It says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So, so I mean, he is, can, can, do you guys agree? He is significant to God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So God knew him and us before we were even formed in our mother's wombs. He knew us. Before you were born, I set you apart. And that is amazing. Like, that's deep truth that we are significant to God, that he knows us. Um, and there's, our, our lives are not, um, I wrote it here, we are not here by chance, nor is our lives meaningless. Like, there's significance to us. When you are in Christ, our lives have significance. God loves us and He cares for us. The Bible does speak about our value and that we are significant to God. But, but, this needs to be placed in the proper context. And that, that's what I just want to do because people build false gospels on that we are significant. And this significance doesn't mean, you know, God has a wonderful plan for your life. You can reach your full potential. That's not what I'm talking about. If we carry on with uh, Jeremiah 6 to 10. Our sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. <clears throat> but the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, now I've put my words in, in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So, Jeremiah was significant to God, but we are significant to God in terms of that God calls us for His plans, and He calls us for His purposes, and He calls us ultimately for His glory. So, it's not that we are significant in ourselves, you know, oh, you know, God just wants me to be happy, God just wants me to reach my full potential, God just wants me to live out my dreams, he has a wonderful plan for my life, he wants me to make money, if God does want you to make money, that's, that's a different thing, um, but we are here primarily for his plans, his purposes, and for his kingdom, and in that, we have significance, God's not here for our glory, we're here for his. Um, our, significant lies, our significance lies in God, not in ourselves, we are significant because God calls us, he loves us, and we are here for him. Um, so it's important to know that God loves us and that we are significant to Him, but it, it, it needs to be that we are significant because He's called us for His plans. Like with, with Jeremiah, He gives him His words, He gives him His commands, He tells him what to do, where to go. So it's not like Jeremiah, now, oh, God loves me, I can just do whatever I want. No, 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 there's still something God has called Jeremiah to. So there's significance to his life. Yeah, I think I'm repeating myself. That's for his plans, his purposes, and for his story. My wife always says I, I repeat myself too much. I'm, I, I'm a teacher, so I do apologize for that. 
Yes, I must get it, yes. Yeah, rewind. Our significance must be placed in the light that for some reason, and, and, and this is important, that for some reason, and I haven't figured this out yet, for some reason God chooses to use us. Like, we are broken, we are messed up, we're insecure. Like, most of the time, we're just looking for our own stuff, our own heart's desires, our own kingdom. And God still chooses, through His grace and His love, to, to use us. And that is amazing. And that is why we are significant. Like, God, God uses us. God uses us to love people. He uses us to, to um, influence people and their significance to us. Thank you. Cool. Last area is achievement. Biscuit. Cool. Achievement. So that is the last area of, um, of, of the cycle. And achievement speaks about when we accomplish or we achieve the good works that God God has called us to, to do in His kingdom. So there's just a few scriptures that I just want to quickly So Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has prepared good works for us to do, and achievement is when we achieve those good works, when we do what He's called us to, to do. Um, Hebrews 10 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So there's something about us encouraging one another to also work in what God has called us to do, to achieve what God has called us to do in His kingdom. And then Philippians 2, um, stop therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. So there's something of God as we walk with Him, as we learn to listen to His voice, as we are obedient, as He changes us from the inside out and sanctifies us. There's something that we want to do, what God has, has called us to do, that we want to do the good works. But it's His good works that He's called us to uh, do. Um, and then naturally the second question would be, what are the good works God has called us to, to do? Um, and I think, I think there are two things where people often get stuck, um, and or two questions, and that question is, what is God's plan for my life, or what is the vision God has for my life? And so I, it's great to ask, and I do believe that God has individual good works for each one of us. So there are things God calls us to that, that is for you, and if you walk with God, and if you follow God, you will do that, like individual stuff that's called, that's on your life, right? So these are great questions to ask. I'm not bashing that, but I think 90% of the time in our ordinary lives, when you go to work, if you have kids, whatever, most of the time, that's not what God calls us to do, right? That's not the good works which God calls us to do. Um, the, I, I believe the, the good works that, that God calls us to do most of the time is to love one another. It's difficult to love people, eh? So it's not easy. Um, to be devoted to God and the things of His kingdom. Are you devoted to God? Are you devoted to the things of His kingdom? You can only achieve the things God has called you to do if you're in His kingdom. To lay our lives, to lay our lives down for one another. 
are you laying your life down for your brothers and, and, and your sisters? Um, are you giving up your time, your resources, your Wednesday nights, your, I don't know, are you hanging out with people? Are you, are you laying your lives down for one another? To pick up our cross daily and to follow Him, are we daily walking with God? Are we daily saying no to the desires of the flesh, walking? Are we walking in the Spirit? To be obedient in our walk with God, are we obedient in walking in what God calls us to? Um, I don't know how, how uh, righteous is James, but I often say um, God's love language is obedience. So if you, if you really want to know if you love God, are you obeying what he's saying to you? Um, so are we, are we obeying God? And I think those, 90% of the time, those are the good works. Those are, are the achievements God has called us to do. And sometimes it's going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be, be difficult. But as he sustains us, as we walk with him, he changes our hearts. Steph and I were talking about this last night. He changes our hearts to want to do this. Um, yeah, so I actually just want to land with the post Andrew said he posted on Facebook a few days or weeks ago, I can't remember when. And this is just to remind us what we are called for. So it says, well, Andrew said, don't settle for your own personal dreams when God has called you to share in His and to give your life and to build His kingdom. I'm just going to read that again. Don't settle for your own personal dreams. When God has called you to share in His and to give your life to build His kingdom, may our achievements be that we do the good works God, God has called us to do, to love Him and to love one another. Most of the time, God calls us to love one another. That, that, that's good works. Um, yeah, so James, just quickly, I just want to recap. Teacher, sorry. <coughs> so, acceptance, we are accepted by God. He loves us. We have peace with Him. We are justified. Sustenance, He sustains us. He is our chief shepherd. We're not passive, we always walk with him, um, and he uses this body to, to disciple us as well. Significance, we are significant to God, like we are here for a reason, we are not here just to die one day. There's, there's significance to our lives, and then achievement is to achieve the, the good works which he has called us to, to, to do. Um, I would like to pray for us. Can I ask that guys just, yeah, let's just close our eyes quickly. Um, yeah, just, just want to ask, uh, there might be people sitting here today who, who don't know um, Jesus. So you've heard today that how you can have peace with God, how He wants to walk with you, how um, you're significant in His eyes, how He's called you two things, but you don't actually know Him. You've never actually um, accepted Him as, as, as your Lord and as your um, Savior. And I would actually just like, before we actually move on, with everyone's eyes closed, if there's anyone that, that do not know Jesus, and as I've been preaching, um, the Holy Spirit has done something in your heart that you actually have a desire. It's Him that gives us a desire to know Him. Um, I would actually just like to, to pray for you. So if there's anyone who don't know the Lord, but have, really have a desire this morning to um, know Him, um, if you can just raise your hand, well, everyone's eyes are closed. I would just love to pray with, with you, just before we move on. If there's anyone, just to you know, raise your hand. Jesus. Awesome. And then for the rest of us, guys, I would actually just like to, to um, pray for us that, that we all, yeah, that we all um, have a deeper walk with God. Um, and that, um, yeah, that, that we'll have a more mature walk with God as, as He takes us through, through these cycles. 
Yeah, so, so let's, uh, let's pray. <coughs> Holy Spirit, thank you. Yeah, just that you're working, Holy Spirit. I really pray that you'd come right now, Holy Spirit, in each of our lives. That you'd come right now and that you just come and you know, just establish in our hearts that you love us. Um, that you are our sustainer, that you know us deeply, God. Um, that we have significance and that you've called us to accomplish things in your kingdom. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd give us the discernment to know when you are, are doing what. Um, and I really pray that you just you know, bring a deeper maturity in us, that we will follow your voice, that we will walk deeply with you, um, that we will always point one another to you, God, um, and that we will be active in you know, just discipling and loving one another as we, as we pursue and as we walk with you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. I really pray that you would come and do that. Amen. I love... So I think we're going to officially close the meeting, but if... You're going to... Oh, if you would like some prayer, I would really like, I, I, I felt there might be people who would like some prayer. So if you would like some prayer for anything, like I would really love to come and pray for you. Yes, and then those two things. Nicola's going to pray for people as well, I hope, if that's right. And Nicole, I mean, Nicole's also going to, going to pray for people. So if you want prayer, please come to the front. Like, don't miss this opportunity. We'd love to pray for you. Um, and then, yeah, for the rest of us, we can officially close the meeting. Have a great Sunday. Excellent. Amen. Good night.